Hey, everybody, because this shit is crazy. It's happening. No, I'm just playing. Come on, baby. Start a song, baby. You know how you supposed to do. Act like you got some home training now. Like you've been raised by the best. Yeah, and you're walking away from the microphone. Right, that's a good mic. You didn't upset at me. You over there looking cute like a thundercat. Keep on saying I look like a fucking thundercat. Baby, you do look like a thundercat. Okay, let's go. All right, y'all ready? So, you guys, welcome to Go Ahead. I'm listening. I'm Prof. This is Cam. Cam, speak to the people. I don't want to speak for you. Go ahead. You're doing a good job of speaking for me so today. So, we at the restaurant. She had a lobster, <laughs> um, and she'll be drinking um, what I'm drinking. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I know that um, everybody cannot participate in therapy like we would like to, ideally, so... I hope we are all taking advantage of telehealth. Baby, you can talk with me. We together. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So welcome to Go Ahead. I'm listening. Melanin-Minded Mental Health Podcast. Yes. We um, always want to encourage everyone to go to therapy. If you can, if you have access to it. Um, I think what Prof is saying right now is that... um, given just the limitations um, of the world right now. Um, if you have been seeing a therapist or would like to, um, there are definitely options to continue um, seeing your therapist if they are doing telehealth. We know that a lot of folks are. We are also doing a special episode today. Um, I think our 7.2 episode, our Rona episodes. Um, so they're a little bit different. Specifically, um, right now, everybody is dealing with this shit. Now, we're dealing with it at different levels. But it's affecting the entire planet. Too sure. Yeah. Um, we also have a special guest today. Our friend Q, who also... <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to introduce yourself? Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Quish. Everybody calls me Q. Um, I'm a licensed professional counselor, and I am uh, here based in Houston, Texas, and the founder of Radiant Life Counseling and Wellness. Awesome, awesome. So, um, She's got some stuff that she wants to share with the people. We're going to do a little bit of um, our stuff, as we usually do. But we want to um, check in with you first. Actually, all of us, we should check in with each other. What do you guys think? I think so. Okay. Who wants to? Who, you first, uh, Prof. Hi. Hi. Um, How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm, I'm really doing better than most. I'm... Um, I'm dealing with it. All my jobs got me working from home. Um, I mean, I'm straight. Um, the main thing is the main thing, you know. The the uh, you working from home? Yeah, I wasn't gonna say that though. I was gonna say some old man black shit, like <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, uh, you don't believe a duck can pull a truck then hook the motherfucker up. You know, like some old man black shit, like some just some cool. Lily pad shit, you know. Okay, so how are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, shit, you know, I can't call it. If I had your hands, I'd cut mine off. That type of shit. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> you gonna answer for real? <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all feel me. 
Y'all, I knew y'all would. That's why y'all my family. It just feel good to be around family and people that understand you. And, you know, a lot of people feel like they stuck with their family. And some people feel like they get the opportunity and privilege to be with their family. It's just about how you envision your glass, half full or half empty. In my glass, I like it to be half full. Okay. So you're doing pretty good. I'm doing better than good. Yes. You working? Mm-hmm. From home? From home. Q, how are you doing? I'm actually doing good. Um, like Dave, I definitely find myself fortunate because I am still able to work. Um, this is the first time in probably, I don't know, five, ten years that I've really had this much downtime. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm adjusting to it. Some days I'm okay. Some days I feel a little bit um, restless because I'm used to kind of always being on the go. But I'm trying to be graceful about um, having this much downtime and really like trying to enjoy it because I don't really know if there'll ever be a time again where I'm really able to sit down and chill like this, sure. you know? So that's kind of how I feel about it. And like I said, you know, um, there's so much going on. So there are moments where I feel a little bit restless or even anxious, mm-hmm. but you know, girl, I'm just trying to use my coping skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause honestly, that's all you can do right now. True. Yeah. True. I, um, I'm doing okay. I think that, um, so I'm still working and it is, it's a lot. Um, I think that just trying to do the best that I can at work and, um, you know, be there for my patients, still kind of advocate for them, kind of deal with what I think is foolishness. Um, people not taking it seriously. Um, my, really control my own anxiety. And I think that um, Prof and I have really talked a lot about like, um, kind of like outlook and me realizing like when I'm just going through too much, you know, or I've told him like, I think that I could benefit from turning it off of CNN and looking at death counts, right? Um, that, um, I could benefit and it's like nonstop all the time. Right. Or that everything on social media and because I'm engaged in so many different groups and groups of doctors and groups of, you know, um, talking about their own experiences and then seeing like the bullshit foolishness of people in my social media feeds who don't get it, it's very interesting to have like that dichotomy. Yeah, it is it is very, very interesting, like mm-hmm. to have like one group of people who are also black for the most part, right? Like on the front lines. These are black doctors talking about their experiences, talking about what they're doing. And it um and then like folks that I know like talking about this is all a conspiracy theory and yeah. And, and, I and try not, not taking to, it seriously. I try to like measure how heavy handed I come down on people that believe this is a conspiracy theory, especially black people, because the reality is as a culture, we do not have positive experiences with the government. We don't have positive experiences in medical care. Sure. So like 
this is something that historically does make black people feel very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I try my best to, even though it is frustrating to see some of these hot takes that are so loud and wrong, it's like, okay, this mentality of suspicion, it's actually coming from a real place. So I try to, to understand that when I'm uh, getting frustrated, you know? No, nah, that's the and um that's actually one of the things I was telling Cam, like what you said, just try to understand it. Like, it's really not our job to agree nor disagree with people. Like that ain't where we really succeed. Like we succeed yeah. in being the one, two, few group, few individuals in a person's life who really understand. Like this is not saying we condone their decision, that we agree with their mindset or the way that they cognitively process things. But this is just saying that no, we we get paid to understand. Like I get I I receive a check because I get paid to understand you and get you and help you try to formulate, you know, a better way to adjust with these said things. This is why I can administer or prescribe coping skills because I've paid attention to your situation enough. I've 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 considered your situation enough to kind of think what worked for you. But then at the same time, like even though I do try to understand understand where Cam is coming from where it's frustrating because that mentality of not believing that this very real virus that is affecting people's lives is is real that's the deadly mentality that's know? that is like, real. yes I, I like people both. are really dying like, <laughs> like it's it's not like you i think for me it's like we can have conversations about chemtrails and government conspiracies and shit all day, right? Still stay home. <laughs> yes. But like your decision to not take this seriously is going to affect a lot of other people, right? Yeah. Like and has deadly consequences. And like, and I don't just mean like even people who are saying that's cool, the misinformation, but I'm talking about watching conduct watching how people are behaving like watching people hugging and acting like it really ain't a big deal with this stuff going on you know and being in social settings and groups even these essential employees who are showing up at work acting like the only people i personally think are really taking it seriously and i don't know this is just uh i'm assuming are people who work in hospitals right but there's a whole bunch of other essential employees who have no medical knowledge right and so they're still going to work and meeting up in the in their break room and everybody's sitting together and congregating and talking and having a good time and it's like you know you're going out to your job you're not wearing a mask because it's not uh, obligated and like you guys are risking other people's lives like because you're not taking it seriously and so for me that's part of what's frustrating on top of the misinformation and the don't go to the hospital because these doctors are killing you thing and it's like nah these doctors are actually dying right like these nurses are dying and they're placing their families at risk. Like it, this has also been one of the things for me, like, you know, like I think that, I 
think this is also presumptive that like if I am infected and I very well, like all the rest of us could be infected right now and don't know because I don't have any symptoms, but like if I'm infected, like I have to think about, like I have a kid with a chronic illness. I have to think that like I may be okay, but what if my kid doesn't make it? You know what I'm saying? What if I get her sick? And as I'm trying to help these other people and trying to show up at work, the least you can do is take it seriously. So that my, so, because my concern is my five-year-old with sickle cell disease getting sick and fucking ending up with acute chest syndrome. Like it's real shit. And And I think that um, for a lot of people, when we think about like the order of how people think and process information, it's hard for a person to empathize or take this seriously unless they have that personal touch where they know someone who could be infected or they know that there's a risk that their grandmother or their mother or child can be chronically ill. There's some people that care regardless of that fact, but there are so many people who don't care about something until it directly affects them. I would argue, I would argue this, um, for the same reason that people drive drunk and drunk driving is one of the highest forms of uh, death in America. Or for the same reason that people smoke cigarettes, understanding council statistics. Or for the same reason that people engage in um, um, sex without a condom or without any type of protection, appreciating the rate of STD and how terminal some STDs can be. Um, or pregnancy that's terminal too no I'm just saying that like I'm just saying like all of these things directly negatively affect a person mm-hmm. directly negatively affect them now imagine and and then and I want to appreciate that we still indulge in these things in high frequency now imagine me feeling like as to the individual me feeling like if I caught this little cold, I'll beat it. Now, what I did with my own health was I gambled it. Drunk driving, having unprotected sex, doing all the stuff. I, I gambled with my own life doing that. Imagine if I think I'm good and my biggest flaw is giving it to somebody else. I wasn't even cautious with my own self. Yeah. What makes you like, and again, I'm not condoning what they're doing. I'm not judging what they're doing. Like I'm just appreciating like the consistency of human beings. Like they are not doing anything that is abnormal from what people do. Like, yeah, I get it. Like you choose to have unprotected sex. You are choosing to put yourself at risk for STDs or having an unwanted pregnancy. I would argue maybe the drunk driving thing is more similar to this because because you are putting other people's lives at risk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but and I would argue we drunk drive more than we have unprotected sex in America. No, we're no, we're we're happy. We're getting hours. off topic. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah. The yeah. the point is though that like this for real, like is killing people. Yeah. <laughs> like like not. Oh, it's I mean, good. Or that I guess makes me feel it's like the the ask is to stay home. Like this is a capitalist economy. 
And the powers that be are asking us to stay home and not spend any money. To me, that's a very small ask. Um, I mean, it has monumental consequences as we're seeing day for day, but I would be more suspicious if the solution was, oh, you need to buy this really expensive product in order to protect yourself against Corona, sure. right? We're just saying, literally wash your hands and stay home. So I'm like, okay, to me, that's a very small exchange to stay well and to keep other people from being sick. And if it's all a lie, okay, it'll all be a lie, but I'm going to at least stay home. I think, Cam, I think that's where you're coming from. Like, even if this isn't, even if this conspiracies are true and this is some crazy game that um, the powers that be are playing with us, I'm still going to at least try. Yeah. It, it, and actually, also that I don't like, it's not a conspiracy. Right? Like, actually like, like, like I watch in social media and whatever is with black people. Right. I know a lot of people, but most of the people I know are black. Right. Yeah. So, I also know that as I'm in this group and and seeing these groups of black doctors talk talking about their experience, then I'm also why that they're like, hey, our black patients ain't doing okay, right? Yeah, that it's us who are dying at greater uh, proportions and greater oh numbers, God. and then they're like, why? Because we got pre-existing health conditions. Because the more, the bigger you are, the harder it is to get you off of a ventilator. Because we may yeah. be waiting longer to come to the hospital. Like yeah. all of these other things, like it's affecting us. So part of me is like, nah, like uh, while the virus is indiscriminate, your ability to fucking recover is not. Like there are yeah. some factors that are making us more susceptible. As we watch in the bus driver today who was like, yo, where was that at? In Detroit? Something like that. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. But it was a bus driver who was like, hey, like, had some complaints. Is a black man. Uh, like, there was someone who got on the bus coughing and wouldn't get off. And he was pissed. This man, this was last week, he posted this video on his social media about, like, being afraid. He was not sick. He died today. Died today. And it's like, because I know that we're going to be the ones suffering, it just fucks with me differently, right? Yeah. I think an empath, what you're describing is like, you know, like highly sensitive empath. It's hard um, not to sometimes feel overwhelmed or burdened by that feeling. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is to you, how do you navigate and control um, your response to this very like real threat, but like that you physically can't touch, you know? Um, I think that, I think that I'm not, if I can be honest, like, um, and maybe this is part of it, but I'm doing some things that the primary thing is acknowledging that I ain't doing okay. Um, and maybe focusing on that and even just taking this moment to acknowledge that like, I'm not doing okay right now.
So one of the things for me has been like trying to really focus on like being appreciative that like I'm in a position where like one, I'm healthy to like being kind of like mindful and trying to remind myself that although like I'm anxious about these things and I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed, we had a conversation this afternoon um, when I, um, that like I'm still in a position and grateful that like I am able to get up and go to work, right? That I'm able to help people, that my family is okay, that the people, and they might not be okay the whole time. I might not be able to, but right now I can't, right? That just kind of reminding myself that like other people are suffering in a way that I am not, why I'm worried. My life is pretty much okay. Like I'm I have pretty good fucking job security. Like I, um, I, because I can't really buy shit or go nowhere. (laughs) I have more money than I'm used to. Like usually I've spent more money, you know, I've been able to like donate money to people, to folks that I know who like just remind myself how, how thankful I am. I mean, how lucky and fortunate I am. Um, spending more time kind of focused on when I'm home, um, spending time with him, with my kids, um, us doing family things together, um, cleaning. We had a walking, bike riding. Yeah. Everybody's got bikes. We're trying to get the five-year-old to learn how to bike without her pedal, without her, what's in thanks, Training wheels. Training wheels, because we went bike riding. She slowed everybody down to where it wasn't <laughs> even enjoyable, right? <laughs> like, um in the little basket in the front making sure that i'm sleeping um and you know i told even like for work i was like you know as long as i'm healthy as long as i'm okay i'm gonna try and i I get it like we have people who who can't work right now like i'll work as much as i can um and just because it feels like um Because it's not just work for me, you know what I'm saying? Because um, because it's more of a calling, because it's more of um, something that um, I feel fortunate to be able to do um, in a way that a lot of people can't, that I don't feel like, oh my God, I have to, nah, like I'm actually pretty fucking fortunate that I can go in and help people and do the best that I can. Um, and just trying to remind myself that I'm, I'm not saying that I'm nailing it, but I'm trying. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are things that I can't necessarily get into right now that like have been happening at work that I'm like, nah, like I'm happy that I'm here, that I'm making sure that there are things um, that are happening for my patients um, because I don't know that other people would advocate in the same way. They in a lot of they don't have nobody. They don't know what's going on. That you know that they're offering free phone calls. My folks don't even know they don't even know that they have free phone calls because mentally ill people are just ignored. Because like black people, I know that when shit goes down, they're gonna ignore them the most. They're the most. They're the easiest ones to throw away. So. Just doing that. I got a 91-year-old grandmother who was healthy as hell. (laughs) Again, I got a kid with sickle cell disease who's 
primary focus right now is um in this moment cleaning your room but objectively uh, learning how to um ride without um training wheels so that's that i guess for um me i found myself using more of the coping skills that i visit with my patients on particularly like compartmentalization mm-hmm. which is something that you kind of took i was um I find myself using a lot of the coping skills that I go over with my patients. And one of the main ones is like what you mentioned, compartmentalization of like choosing when, okay, I'm going to let myself, you know, pay attention to um, social media, only certain accounts, not everything. I'm going to watch a little bit of the news so that I know what's going on. But then I'm going to turn all that out and tune all of that out and pay attention to what is actually going on in my life so that I'm not like constantly bogged down by what's happening in the ether because it'll it'll take you out if you don't, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't do that. And then just being intentional about, like you were saying, um, spending time digitally because I'm not going to nobody's house. Um, (laughs) spending time digitally with, you know, the people that I care about, because even though we are distancing socially, it doesn't mean we have to be isolated right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and my supervisor said that a few days ago and it kind of was one of those things where it was something that I knew, but to hear it be said out loud was helpful, you know? So, um, yeah, and just, you know, the I feel like my anxiety, as far as my own health, is kind of managed because I do have asthma, um, and I cannot be, like, if I develop symptoms, there's a big chance they'll be chronic. So, you know, I keep my anxiety down about my own health by following those CDC guidelines. And I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People have invited me to come hang out and, you know, do stuff. And I'm like, I would love to. I'm getting bored. But I, I'm i going to feel like crap if I'm sitting in somebody's hospital on a ventilator because I couldn't stay home for another couple of days, you know? Mm-hmm. Nah, you right. You got to stick to it. You got to stick to it. I have to. And what about you? What are your coping? <laughs> oh, I've been um, it's a lot, I got a lot of stuff to do still. Yeah. So yeah. I'm still busy. Um, instead of one walk a day, now I take two. That's nice. Um, I've been able to read more in the morning and, t- and catch up with some friends because we all at home. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to you know spend an hour or two on the phone with them, friends that don't necessarily stay here. And, you know, catch up with my loved ones. And um, I've appreciated it. I really have. I mean, obviously, it's an unfortunate event. Yeah. Um, but the prescription was to, you know, go home and catch up with your loved ones and catch up on work and invest in yourself in ways that you wish you had the time, space, and energy to do so in. And, and unless you got COVID, you actually have been blessed with that opportunity. Yeah, I just really feel bad for, you know, the graduates of this semester 
because I just, I put myself in their shoes a few days ago. I actually have a sister who's a graduating senior and like no prom, no graduation, no senior trip, no thing. I mean, we can't even, honestly, we can't even take her senior photos because, I mean, none of the photographers are going to want to come out uh, right now. So my heart just goes to those students because I know how hard it was to finish school, you know, and we've all graduated several times over because everybody has all these degrees, you know, between the three of us. I just couldn't imagine being done and not being able to celebrate, you know? Yeah, Yeah. for real. Especially high school. It's a big deal. Yeah. Especially high school, yeah. We were talking earlier, too, you were like about like folks who are in college final four much madness didn't have. first of all sports are completely non-existent it is so bizarre that's crazy this is a good year I in basketball too no this was a great year in this basketball. is a like a really great year in basketball my little baby zion just started playing that's my little baby who's gonna be LeBron and, <laughs> LeBron and Kawhi gonna face off in the western conference finals that was gonna be good. you think steph curry happy Curry come back next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, basketball gonna be even better next year. KD coming I back. It's part of the conversation back to you because I, I know nothing about basketball. Oh man, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Let me tell you, because it's been a joke. Corona was a joke all the way until they canceled the NBA season, and I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> When I, when I heard they canceled the league, I was like, oh, they serious. They serious. Nah, now, for real. Now it's not a joke. Now it's not a joke. It's not a joke. I was reading uh, that the Wimbledon, again, don't follow sports, mm-hmm. but apparently the Wimbledon is canceled for the yeah. first time since World War Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, well, that's pretty intense. I mean, when white folks start losing money, you can guarantee that something serious is going on. Let me tell you something. That, <coughs> that's the other part about all my favorite finest of the black people. <laughs> Who be like, Trump did this to control. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that I know. I don't know this man, but that I know about him is that one thing he didn't want was for the economy to be affected. <laughs> like one thing no, I know he true. don't want. The only thing he has to stand on is the economy is doing good. This is his worst fear. Like this is why he wanted it not to be a big deal because he's like, shit, I can't say that no more. He finding a way to frame it. But, but like, they couldn't even get through a full pay period without laying people off. So what was the economy truly doing? Actually, Man. that's a good, yeah. I'm just saying what his argument has been the entire time he's been yeah. the president is that fuck yeah. what y'all saying if y'all hate me. Y'all got jobs. The economy's doing good. Stock market is hitting record levels. Boy, I know that's all. that's all he got to go on. This he did not want. He actually he was willing to let people die. So that the economy wouldn't crash. Absolutely. 
what y'all, what's gonna trip y'all out is we still willing to let people die so the economy won't crash. This 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 really ain't gonna be over until like this time next year. Like with a with a vaccine and all of the above. We gonna open up the economy by May. By late May, we'll open up the economy. Let's see. Early. Let's see. I if know. I know America. <laughs> you know. Here you go. Keep yeah. on talking about conspiracies. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> man. Nah, this ain't no conspiracy because mine in the future. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean the future to be right or wrong. You hear me? Uh-huh. Now, if I know America, like I think I know America, we'll be pumping by June 15th. I'm talking about full-fledged restaurants, bars, hotels, Airbnb, Uber, June 15th. And we'll definitely see the um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dramatic mm-hmm. effect. Mm-hmm. I guess... Um, you know, my my advice when I'm talking to my clients is, you know, please don't saturate yourself with all of this information from all these different sources because it will overwhelm you and it is not very, the, I guess the positions that people are taking is not very hopeful. Yeah. But to be, um, you know, realistically cautious and be mindful of how you navigate yourself in the next you know a couple of weeks a couple of months because you know anything else is just kind of overwhelming and cumbersome you know yeah and the last thing we want on top of a medical crisis is a mental health crisis because even though like you know myself and other counselors you know we're offering telehealth services but i mean let's keep it a book that is if a person is having a severe mental health crisis, they aren't, you know, telehealth is not the preferred medium. <laughs> so, you know, like my, my whole thing is prevention um, of getting people to that point and giving my clients and people who talk to me, um, you know, resources and skills of how to keep themselves from getting to that place. Mm-hmm. So what other... Um... Hold on. Because there is a theory that suggests that many people, most people contemplate suicide. Only a few people um, attempted and even fewer number completed. But most people contemplate it. And those that, a lot of people that contemplate it, instead of being able to kill themselves, they kill them uh, at one point in time like by a gun, knife, or, you know, pills or something, they kill themselves slowly, uh, like the participation in um, risky behavior or taking drugs. Does this make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So, with that... Which with, with, with that, with, you know? I never heard of it. Um, I, can't, I can't remember. I was trying to remember why, uh, why you was talking. Um, but with that theoretical framing, appreciating also a conversation about suicide and euthanasia. We also have to have an appreciation for if a person know that they got chronic asthma. Mm-hmm. 
if a person know that, they got a high and likely chance to catch corona and then not be okay about it. Like it may get severe for them. And if they choose to go out, fundamentally to me, it is another conversation we have. It. Oh, yes. I don't know that that's necessarily what you were talking about, though, because what I got from you, Q, was that, like, not even necessarily people who are getting sick, but just yeah. everybody being stuck in the house, losing your job, worried about your job, being stuck around your kids, being around... um like that people's mental health are not okay that people yeah. are like like so not necessarily people who are directly dealing with grief and loss uh, like in the sense of like their health or the or the loss of a loved one mm -hmm. but people who are just dealing with maybe the loss of whatever yeah, time spent outside yes going to see a co-worker yes and so what i'm saying having a job using this theoretical framing Mm -hmm. Most people contemplate suicide. However, they they cannot do it. So they kill themselves slowly by participating in risky behavior or overindulging in substance abuse. Okay. They, they bring upon their death faster. What I'm saying is disobeying the guidelines of the CDC or the powers that be who know more than you about like, this um, could be an extension oh, of okay. that behavior. Could be. Um, I definitely have been seeing that, like, people talking about it in jest on social media. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, honestly, if my take on substance use is a little bit different because I feel like if a person is a functional, they're still able to go to work, they're still able to get their, you know, duties done at home. Um, their so their social uh, interactions haven't been negatively impacted. I don't personally, obviously, I'm not going to encourage anyone to do drugs or drink. But if a person is drinking, doing drugs, it's still functional. It's not something, and they don't they don't see a problem with it, and it's not causing any difficulties. It's really not something that I'm gonna like tell them they need to be sober all day. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do it personally as a clinician. And like I said, I'm not going to encourage, you know, having a drink over like a more positive coping skill, but I'm not, I, I'm definitely not one of those therapists that feels like people should be sober 24 seven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. And meaning like sobriety is the only path of like being mentally healthy and well. No, it's not. There is a concern that with, um, depression that with the increase in anxiety that this can create substance use to a point where it is functionally impairing and it does become yeah. a problem right so i don't want to minimize that like yes although we're saying these things these things can actually have devastating physical uh, mental health uh, health outcomes so and that's another reason why even though um you know there are people who have more uh, pressing concerns like you know financially or otherwise with this quarantine um the social i guess impairment now that everybody is having to deal with is also a real consequence mm -hmm. like not being able to socialize like especially we were talking about this 
the day before yesterday for black people not being able to go to church mm-hmm. or for those who cope by going to the gym or hanging out with their friends, going to brunch. Right. Those are actual like yeah. coping skills that people aren't able to use right now. Yeah. And some people are kind of like making light of it, like making fun of people who can't be separated from their friends. But the reality is, it's how a lot of people cope. And home is not a safe place for everybody. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's legit. That's legit. They say domestic abuse has went up like nationwide. That's legit. Home's not a safe place for everybody. No, it's not. It's definitely not. Especially um, abusers tend to be more abusive when there is significant stress, mm-hmm. like the current times that we're in. So that doesn't surprise me at all. True. What is I think it? that um, if you find yourself in a position where home is not a safe place, you are being abused that um, obviously call the police um, if you're in imminent danger, if you um, are, you know, contemplating getting out of that situation, there are resources available in Houston. Um, There are different emergency uh, battered women and children shelters. Um, you know, that's subject to capacity because they only have so much space and so many beds. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the best and most central place to give as far as a resource is concerned is 211. You can let the operator know what resources you're looking for. Now, this goes for domestic violence, but it's for any social service resource, really. Um, dialing 211 and letting them know what you need. Those individuals point you to resources that are in your area. So if you're a person, like I said, who feels like home is not a safe place and you do want to leave, if you're in imminent danger, please call 911. If not, and you are wanting to devise um, a safety plan to leave, then start with 211. Okay. That's use, That's helpful, too, because I didn't know about 211. Did you? Yeah. Okay. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's those case management roles that I've had to play. Mm-hmm. It definitely helped me find resources in the city that I sometimes don't ever know would would not know existed otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. And then also for those that are like feeling like they're having a little bit of cabin fever, I think we're on what like week three now of being on lockdown. Um, Making sure, like David, you were saying earlier, when you take your walks, make sure you guys are going outside for at least 30 minutes a day. There's some grounding exercises that, you know, it's very like hippy-dippy, but there's a grounding exercise where you take your shoes off and put your feet on the ground. There, The research, I guess, or the support for this says that there are certain nutrients that we need to be connected to the ground in order to get because so many of us are either walking on like um, um, concrete or, you know, we're walking in our homes. We're not really walking outside barefoot. We're not able to connect back to the earth in a very hippie way. So um, obviously you do this in a safe space um, where there's like grass or dirt or something um, and literally put your feet on the ground ideally for 30 minutes but like i'm not comfortable having my feet off my my shoes off outside so i only do it for 10 
Um, but, you know, just take some time to ground out outside because um, it's not illegal, depending on where you live yet, to be outside. So please do that. Um, you know, switching up your recipes at home. A lot of us are having to cook a lot more mm-hmm. than we were before. So uh, falling into like a monotonous routine is one of the ways, the easiest ways to have cabin fever. So what I've been doing intentionally is finding new ways to cook the stuff that I've been cooking. And it's been helping. I mean, you know, to try to keep it healthy. We're not not as active as we were if we were not on restriction. So we want to be mindful of what we're eating. But um, there's a few people that I follow, like, on social media. One of them is the Kitchenista. She's on Instagram. And then um, on Instagram and also TikTok. Everybody's on TikTok these days. (laughs) Um, There's uh, two chefs. One of them is vegan. The vegan one is I am Tabitha Brown. And that's Tabitha, Tabitha, T-A-B-I-T-H-A. Brown, B-R-O-W-N. Like I said, she's a vegan um, chef. What do you know how to cook? I, what do I know how to cook? Is it an echo on her? What, what do you know how to cook? What I... Oh, what, what you cooking you, what different? What you learn how to cook new? I don't know. Okay, so usually when I make my sweet potatoes, I just, um, you know, I just like make them straight up, put them in the oven, put cinnamon and brown sugar on them and call it a day. Lately, I've been cubing them and like um, seasoning marshmallows with regular potatoes to like, yeah, like roasting my sweet potatoes in cubes instead of just doing them like baked potato style. Um, I've been using marshmallows. Huh? You add marshmallows. No. Why do you keep asking? No. You you still don't really get it then. No. Uh. Uh. Well, because I'm not really a sweet eater. If I want something, it's going to be savory. But I don't know, just using, um, like, I usually use ground beef or, um, not ground beef, but ground turkey when I do, like, my pastas. So I've switched that to using um, ground sausage, like Italian sausage. Mm -hmm. It just gives it a different flavor, a different texture. Um, I'm doing lamb chops tonight. What you going to do different with the lamb chop? Hmm? What you going to do different with the lamb chop? So... Do you use McCormick Grill Mates? Usually, yeah. There's now usually that's usually usually that's the ticket. Usually, yeah, I mean, if you or Tony Saturans or whatever I'm gonna do with what I'm doing. Right, I'm more interested in being nosy. So you cooking for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> No, what? I'm not cooking for myself. You cooking for? She did um, all that girl shit, huh? Who are you cooking for? My significant other. Okay. Yeah. So is this your real significant other? Your quarantine boo? <laughs> this is my true significant other. It'll be three years in July. Oh, look at y'all! Won't he do it? And we done been through Harvey. Um, and we were trapped when we first started dating. We were trapped together for a week straight. Now, if I'm Christian, that's a sign. You know, that's a sign. We done been through all this disaster. Man, so we I, I don't know what God days. trying to tell me, but it seemed I like literally go through the storm. Yeah, it's and it seemed like maybe God is saying, "Now I just send all this stuff to disrupt this hurt." Yeah, I don't know what it is. You gonna you you just go you just gonna do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what you gonna do. 
Yeah, I don't know who that's for. Maybe that ain't for you. Maybe that's for one of the listeners. But that's just a word that I just got. I just received that word. Hey, look, that's just a word. You know, stress, hey, stress is a major deterrent in relationships. If there's a whole lot of extra going on and you can't make it, that don't mean you, you know, you're not cut out for it. It just means that's not the partner for you. Oh, it just means this ain't our turn. Maybe we give it a three-year off and we come back in 97. We give it another two years. And, you know, maybe that's how we got to That sounds like something to do with stay to keep, keep a, his latch keep on you. Keep his thumb down. I mean, no, 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 no. So, like, I'm not prescribing like, that. Obviously, like, I'm being you know, funny. I, need, I have options. Obviously, I'm being funny. I'm not prescribing that method of relationship engagement. I'm, I'm being funny. But I am suggesting that we just be more open to, like, how we go engage in relationships. Because I think that, you know, um, you know the way society functions today, and, and I'm, I'm kind of going to pivot. But the way society functions today, we are probably, um, and we always have been, but we are probably more vulnerable in relationships than we ever have been. Mm -hmm. Like, um... I was I was talking to a friend of mine and, and he was telling me that um he was asking me, he say, Man, when you go home, um, and y'all drink water, where you get the water from? And I was like, you know, we got bottled water. And he said, um, yeah, my family got bottled water. And he was like, You know anybody who drink from the hydrant anymore? And I was like, No, nah, not really. So he say, uh, where where they make the bottled water at? And I said, uh, I don't know. And he kind of shook me with, um, you know, we we still vulnerable, you know. That be that 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 really be an ode to people who say that black people, if we were serious, we just need to um, take over the government and we can we can um, go to war with them. And, nah, 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 boy, you don't even know where your water come from. Mm. Well, they got drones. Meaning that they fighting battles in other countries from the comfort of a like computer lab. Like cut it out. Like this little these little hunter guns you gonna buy with them thousand bullets and come on man, cut it out. Cut it out, man. Like to to really be serious about how dependent we are we are upon relationships that we engage in today. Like you have to appreciate the amount of vulnerability we have in them. And this is not just uh tangibly which is predominantly how I'm speaking of, but this is also like emotionally and spiritually. A lot of people, um, and this is not just Christians or any other dominant religion, but a lot of people only are able to hold faith in whatever they could don uh, spirituality because of the fellowship. Mm -hmm. Like their brother or sister keeps them near said cross, like keeps them near whatever that, you know, anchor is that relates to their spirituality, that relates to that thing that is transcendent, that kind of, you know, grounds them and keeps them in like a level-headed um, um, outlook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think um, a big part of what makes um, this particular relationship successful is, you know, like you were mentioning with vulnerability, but honestly, just being honest in communication and being mindful about how we're communicating. There's going to be times in a relationship, right, where you have to voice some type of disappointment or voice like a problem in the relationship, right? 
and it may make the other person feel, you know, like they're attacked or that their efforts are not being appreciated or whatever. So we really had to learn how to communicate um, those type of feelings because it's important. It's not always going to be roses. You're going to have to talk about the problems, you know, Um, and discern not, you know, when to talk about it, but literally how you discuss it with your partner, because that'll make or break any situation. Mm-hmm. So, some people are intimidated by being in a relationship with a therapist. I'm sure you guys, prior to being with each other, working in mental health, have run into that, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. <laughs> no, but it could be challenging. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just have to respect your partner and not talk to them like a client. Your partner also has to not want to be your client. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, it, is, it is a thin line between because you're a therapist, you should understand. Mm-hmm. You should have insight. You should understand my emotions, my cognitive process, the reason why I behave your influence on my emotional um, consequence. Like, and then it is, don't therapist me and don't do me like that. And I'm not a client and I'm, and, and it is a thin line. Mm-hmm. It is, it is a thin line because they really, they expect those skills. You know what I'm saying? Like they expect those skills. They, but they are also human beings. And when I say that, Nobody wants their curtain to be pulled all the way back, including mm-hmm. the therapist. Yeah. I think for me, um, the way I balance that struggle is when I get off work, I'm off work. And, you know, in therapy, I measure myself. I measure my reaction. I measure my speech. Everything is very... Um, Measured. It's less, it's less like reactive i just have to be very neutral but in real life if something bothers me i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna always be neutral you know like i let myself have very human like i don't expect myself to behave as a therapist when i'm outside of work or when i'm outside of therapy yeah i'm just okay you know and you know sometimes it's hard to kind of switch that off right because a lot of what we do for work is skills that we naturally have but I'm like, no, I'm not at work. <laughs> and to a degree, um, to get very, very good at your craft, um, you kind of look forward to not taking it off. So, like, I can remember. Uh, yeah, not on the group, I can, I can remember um, when I used to play basketball, and I used to have practice in the morning, and then I used to skip school in the afternoon to go back to the gym, and then my me and my partners would go to the gym at nighttime. And I would often get in trouble for being at the gym so late. And this was because I wanted to play basketball. Like I wanted to develop the skills of a good basketball player. And I, not I remember, but I can remember a time and I'm still kind of in that time when the skills that it takes to be a good psychologist. And that's not just a, 
listening, attending, posture, um, paraphrasing, yeah. like n not just that stuff, but just like also being in tune with the research, also adapting and modifying the research for for your experience as it relates to clients or relationships. Like what I'm saying is to get good at the skill of thinking and framing as it relates to theory and practicality, it take more than like the classroom. And then for those of us that graduated and sometime removed from the classroom, it take more than the clients. I think for some people it does. For me, it doesn't. I'm an excellent therapist and I'm excellent because I turn off. I'm my product and I can't um, expect to be mentally healthy or well if I don't rest. So that um, also intertwines with the fact that I'm a therapist, but that's not my identity, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't, I, I participate and study my craft and I give it attention and um, I'm intentional about continuing my education. Um, but my life is not my work. Yeah. But that it's, I don't think that it's wrong to make your life your work. I just personally don't value it. So I, I totally agree with that as someone who studied for boards. Like I don't, I couldn't imagine like my entire life being the level of preparation I have to for that particular exam. Right. But also that, um, you know, like life ain't basketball. I think that, um, like when you're engaging with your family, you're not playing basketball, right? Like, so are there things that we learn as professionally and through our education that help to shift us and change us as people? Yes, but like my relationships, like I'm not diagnosing and treating my, my family members. I'm actually a lot of their mental health stuff. Like I'm, I'm just a, saying like the people that are closest to me, I encourage them to go to therapy. Yeah, I just want to be a friend. Yeah. I, I think that it helps for us to, like from my standpoint, I should have more insight into my own behavior, but I should not yeah. be thinking of my partner, my children as like patients or clients mm -hmm. or therapy patients. Um, and that that is, but my behavior from what I know should be modified hopefully if i am um if i've learned anything but now nah, like i, I agree yeah. i want to turn it off too like I, yeah. i'm not i'm not on the clock i'm not interested i don't think that it's healthy like in and even as a psychiatrist i have my shit right like that that i am an individual but that no i don't think that i should sometimes i have to appreciate that like when i come home i'm coming home that as I get to be a human being and acknowledge that like my own mental health, my own things that I'm going through, that I don't have to have it figured out for myself, that I need help from other people and other sources. I think that one of my, um, one of my mentors, who's a family medicine doctor, I remember her saying, I never let my doctors talk to me. Like a lot of them, because they know me, are my, like I'm a doctor. You got to talk plain language to me because yes. I know what you're talking about, but you're talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So you yeah. need to go out of your way to make sure I have an understanding. Although I'm a doctor, 
I'm not a doctor. I am your patient. Yeah. Like, yeah, like don't true. doctor me. There are, um, when I was in grad school and kind of like um, sifting out that imposter syndrome of wanting to feel competent, wanting to be competent, wanting to be seen as competent, I definitely felt like, you know, I, there was like an always on, um, I guess, characteristics that I would take on, you know what I'm saying? Because like I was trying to learn it all and take it all in. But what I noticed from people that were already in like the positions that I wanted to be in was that they were, number one, they were really down to earth. and um, they would be very like intentional about saying like, please don't treat the people in your life and the people in your family mm -hmm. like they're your patients. You will burn out, <laughs> you know, like don't approach your, um, your degree and your title and all that without ever turning it off because you're going to burn out. And so because of that, I guess, um, to your point, David, I have like a different, um, outlook on who I am in relation to what I do, you know? And um, I also don't value um, working a lot anymore. <laughs> I used to, I don't anymore. Because when I thought about it, when I set goals for myself of wanting to become a therapist, yes, I was setting the goal of becoming a therapist for what I do for my work, but there were also goals outside of that for how I wanted my life to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so now that I've obtained the credentials that I needed to do my work. Now I feel like I'm putting more intentional focus into my real life, you know, because when I was setting the goal initially, like I said, I had goals for that too. So that's what I'm focused on now. No, and I'm, I'm definitely, um, I appreciate what both of y'all said. Um, and I don't necessarily think I'm saying to make everybody your client. I'm specifically talking about skills. Yeah like um the ability to have insight with a client you don't take off when you enter the door and you deal with your significant other yeah i do take that off I, I can't, I can't I, take it off. <laughs> no, I'm, and, 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 that, and that may be the case i don't i don't know if that's the most healthy thing for a relationship for for me to know um that it may be some contention but then because i'm not in the mood to be insightful i act as if i don't see the spilled milk i don't know if that's the healthiest thing but i get it like um i'm tired of picking up spilled milk i've been this is my job i've been addressing spilled milk yeah. all day i'm tired i get it i totally get it yeah i get it <laughs> yeah that's actually that's a good way to look at it i guess for me um like my lifestyle or the way that I connect with people in my life may not be the way that my clients do, but it doesn't mean that theirs is wrong and mine is right. And I want to be able to, for them to have autonomy. So if I'm only measuring their experiences by what I feel is acceptable, am I really, am I really like honoring their autonomy or am I pushing how I believe their life should be on them? And then if I'm doing that, what, what are they paying me for? They could get that from anybody, you know, True. but I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm trying to put more, um, thoughtful energy into everything else. Mm -hmm. And I can't realistically do all of it at the same time and be good at it. Which ain't wrong. 
So what do you guys say? Um, I was thinking about, because we talked so much about um, kind of relationships, right? People are spending a lot more time together, but one of the things I think too, are we spending like intentional time together? Like, um, I think people are watching a lot of shows together, maybe exercising together, which is good. But like, as people who like to talk, like are people talking and um, what are different ways to like utilize this time that can be beneficial for relationships, right? Any advice on that part? Um, yeah, the um, what you were mentioning before, like working out together, if you are watching a show, watching it together and taking this time to really communicate um, how you feel about each other, how you feel about things that are going on in the world right now. Um, I don't think there has ever been a time that I've known of um, in my adult life where I've had this much downtime, like I was saying before. So, um, you know, take that time to connect with your boo. Mm-hmm. You know, cook them a nice meal. You know, like today I got I got dressed, and when You're I dressed. left uh, the house, <laughs> I was dressed. But when I came back, I was dressed, and you know, I've been kind of looking like a little, um, like a little boy every day, wearing hoodies and sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I just I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get dressed. I haven't been doing that, obviously, because we've been at home, and I got a really good response from it. So <laughs> even though we can't go on dates, we can't really go out and do things. We can definitely still cultivate like romance and mm-hmm. um, be intentional about like connecting emotionally with our words, with how we're feeling. Like it can, you can still get those butterflies even though we've been looking at each other all day. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You again? What, you what about you, Doc? I'm listening. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, um, one of the things I was thinking about is, like, people, it's all, like, um, cupcakes and hearts and shit. Like, it's also difficult when with someone at home or with everybody at home all the time. It can be exhausting like you're with someone who maybe you're not used to seeing until six o'clock or maybe y'all work different shifts and now you're at home completely together all the time or someone who you used to go out we were just talking about this like every friday that was one of his kind of routines and that like um he's not doing that anymore and um to talk that like I think disconnecting and talking. So I did want to say this. I did want to say this that um, even with your children, I think to intentionally talk to them. We, well, we can close. This is um, one of our just special COVID <laughs> episodes <laughs> for the Rona. Um, you want to say anything? Yeah. I enjoyed it, and I want to thank <laughs> you for being such a beautiful guest and informing Aww. the public. Thanks, David. They can find you. Tell them a little bit more. Yeah. Um, they're looking for. Th- sure. Are you doing telesite or teletherapy right now? I, I actually, I am. Um, 
So my business, uh, my practice is Radiant Life Counseling and Wellness. You can find us on Instagram at Radiant Life Counseling. Um, I usually uh, post like mental health related content. So if you find yourself not being able to afford a therapist or maybe you're not open or ready for therapy right now, there's definitely resources um, on that page for you. Um, but yeah, Cam, I am doing um, teletherapy. I actually um, started teletherapy before the COVID broke out. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of my clients haven't had any like gaps in their service because we've been doing telehealth anyway, oh, that's awesome. which is good. Um, yeah. And I offer, um, you know, individual counseling, couples counseling. I, um, definitely have a lot of experience working with children and adolescents. So, um, and they're already online all the time anyway. So they actually are, um, like <laughs> they're easier to convert over to doing teletherapy because they're always online sure. anyway, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, the link to book a session is on my Instagram page. Like I said, at Radiant Life Counseling. And if you have any questions or want to get connected, shoot me a DM. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> awesome. Okay, DM. Uh-huh. Give me my DM for therapy. That is progressive as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, for real. Like, I think I would want a therapist who was like, DM me. That might actually work. <laughs> nah, that's wonderful. <laughs> anyway, um, again, thank you for joining us. Follow us on Instagram. Um, please go to whatever podcast platform you listen to and um, rate us. Follow us, subscribe to the podcast. Please give us some ratings. Um, it's really helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Check on one another. Yeah. <laughs> Check on yourself right now. Um, go outside if you're spending too much time inside. Take a day off if you're spending too much time working, which probably means you're spending too much time inside too. Um, Spend some quality time with your family, with the people you care about the most. Um, things can change rapidly, I think, as we're all experiencing. And unfortunately, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but by the time we do another one of these, things may have changed again, and we may have our own personal losses and be going through different things, I think, to just kind of be in the moment um, of where you are and take time to love one another. I agree. Amen. <laughs> I agree. I love you. And we love y'all. We love you, Q. Thank you for coming we on our you. show. Hey, y'all take care. All right. All right. Bye. Love you too. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. All right. Thanks, love.